Welcome to Hoof and Horn, a witch's podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, paganism, music, the occult, and whatever else we want. In this episode of the Hoof and Horn podcast, Braxis, Samuel, and I discuss operative magic as it applies to reproductive health care. Many know they want to do something magically when they see injustice in the world, but may not know exactly what to do. Samuel describes a spell he wrote that can be customized to one's local legislature, and I share ideas for both honey jars and cord cuttings, considering how popular those seem to be lately. We also discuss what it means to be a magical pillar of community support, a core tenet of the Temple of the Hallowed Gods, and what the ordination process is in the temple, of which the three of us are a part. Additional information about our trainings can be found at templeofthehallowedgods.com. Music in this episode by Black Market Vinyl. The track's Monkey Paw, which is actually about a magical object, and Click Clack are both off their second album, Hymns for the Damned, available on Spotify and at blackmarketvinyl.com. Remember to follow us at your podcast service of choice, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and write in at hoof.horn.podcast at gmail.com.
seem to be a little scared of me Like you've seen something in my periphery Some kind of devil hanging over me That I'll never run to ground Oh, I'll never run to ground But a blessiness, a blessing and a curse, a curse If I'm a sinner, well, I'm not the worst Give me a kiss and let me quench my thirst The saints have all left town, yeah The saints have all left town The saints have all left town, yeah The saints have all left town No backwards shit sale Can you fix me? Help me to understand Why the darkness wants To hold my hand Oh, won't you tell a woman I need some kind of monkey ball To get me through It all right, yeah To get me through it all To get me through it all. Did that spell, right? You didn't. It. I honestly, I'm. I may have tried it. Like, <laughs> like I heard from half of what it probably was. It was like a seashell, salt in water, in a blue candle. You know, insane. Hey, this sense. little chant. Um, but I was obsessed with the Thirteenth Year. Do you guys know what that movie is? No. It's an old Disney Channel movie where like a boy was adopted and he was given to this family like as a child. Uh, from a mermaid and on his 13th birthday like he starts to turn into a mermaid love it a mermaid. and i was a he was my first ever like little gay crush i was like <laughs> i want to be him but it was because i thought he was cute you know i mean he was he had blonde hair and he fucking turned into a mermaid and i loved it who doesn't love that Hello? I, I wanted to be a mermaid so bad <laughs> i think the first i have to find that journal but i had the first blank journal i had and I thought, I'm going to make this my diary. I don't know how, I had to have been in high school. But the first thing I started writing in it were the properties of the colors of candles. Yeah. And my mother had a book, probably like an Anna Riva book. Do you know what those are? The Anna Riva? The, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you could get these things. Uh, like in the aisle in the supermarket where where you get where they sell the candy and they'll sell like the little tiny booklets back back in the seventies. They'd sell these little tiny booklets. Now it's all like Inquirer and people into us and all that bullshit. But there'd be little booklets there. And I'm pretty sure that's where my mother got this magical candle burning spell book. I also have the little tiny it might be like four by three little booklet 
about palm uh-huh. reading that was my mom's and I know she got it from the supermarket shop like the aisle uh, but I just went to the bookshelf in the living room and I took this book down I was like I'll copy down things about about spells and then I sort of stopped going what am I doing this didn't become a journal now I'm writing like sp- weird spell stuff in it I, I really yeah. have to go find that I know it's buried it's probably buried in with all my other journals that I'm going to employ you Braxis that when I die you better go get them and burn them <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want anybody reading my journals I'm all I imagine is either. dear diary I love Def Leppard <laughs> no <laughs> no no my earliest diary had a page in it like the one with the lock and I was in elementary school and I wrote about all how I loved Joe Elliott. <laughs> no, so. no. I remember how I loved the Star Wars characters. Yeah. How much I loved Luke and Leia and also Han Solo. And then I felt bad, like I can't leave out Chewbacca no, and C three PO and R2 D. So she was a fangirl. She was a yes. fangirl writing in her well, diary. I was a fangirl. I was four years old. Probably four years old. Not when I was writing this, I was but say, no, I wasn't damn, writing girl. it for no. But I was four years old when I saw Star Wars: A New Hope in the drive-in, and I remember specifically I would sit behind my mom in the station wagon, and I would watch through the window behind my mother's shoulder, also the same position where I'd watch her put on her makeup when we would be driving someplace. Um, but I remember specifically the only thing I remember of that movie was the broken bridge scene where Luke and Leia have to swing across the broken bridge scene and she gives him that like kiss on the cheek like good luck and they swing across and this little romantic girl was in love not just Luke Luke I was in love with Leia too like they were my heroes nice. so shut up this is what romance is this is romance this she is kissed romance. her brother that is it. she kissed her brother she did <laughs> she, was, she made out with her brother oh uh, my goodness she kisses him twice in there she does to make Han Solo jealous. You're right, in Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Yeah, we'd, in first grade we'd always we'd always imitate the scene where she where she'd be like, "My hands are dirty." When 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 Han is like arguing and they're gonna give a kid and she's like, "My hands are dirty." And then like, C-3PO like comes in like a dipshit and interrupts. Sir, the mess. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the fuck. The hyperdrive is now fixed yeah. or whatever. Yeah, all book. us first grade little girls were like that scene. So. I don't know if uh, you if you're about to tell me over there, Samuel, that you have not seen Star Wars. Run. So I have. So I have seen Star Wars, okay. but, but I was a Harry Potter. I was a Harry Potter kid. Okay. okay. So like in my mind, it was so weird. Like I remember being a little kid and thinking like like Star Wars has the Force, but I'm like, mm-mm, because like <laughs> like in a galaxy far, far away, star battles happening did not like compute with my little brain, but magical world that was like in our world that made sense you know yes, it was sure. also because i like i was obsessed with magic i mean since i was like a small being like i was twirling sticks around in a pot like making potions with my mom's like soap in <laughs> yep. the in the bathtub she had i had this giant like <laughs> halloween cauldron that i would sit in the bathtub with and i just like mix a bunch of soap together and like those like little Crayola uh, mm-hmm. color tablets that would change the water colors. Oh bitch, I was making potions from a, like infant. So I was like this, like Harry Potter is it because that mm-hmm. could be real, you know? And right. like I couldn't conceptualize like 
far. Now yeah. I could be like Star Wars is more realistic to me, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I I guess I can think that far, you know. But like when I was a little kid, I couldn't like like I was like that has that's so fake. That's not happening, mm-hmm. you know. Harry Potter's happening. <laughs> but, like, I was definitely making. Uh, I called them concoctions <laughs> when I was little, and I would get up in the middle of the night, and we each had a different colored cup, but I would not make concoctions in my own. Tupperware cup, like that, the little red one, the little orange one, the blue one, and the green one. And I would always pick one of my brother's cups to make a concoction in. Um, and I'd put, like, my dad's hairspray, my mom's Jean de Tay, you know, toothpaste, a little water, whatever was around, some kind of goop, and I'd mix it up. And that, and then I'd be like, okay, I made my concoction. And I'd just dump it down the drain, rinse <laughs> out the cup, and go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> So what you're both telling me is that if you wouldn't have turned to witchcraft, you could be meth cookers right now, <laughs> is what, what you're saying, right? <laughs> I'm surprised I actually, actually, my mom, like, like when I started to, like, mix stuff together, she would profusely tell me, you can, you can use whatever you want, just nothing under the sink, because that's where all of the, like, like, you know, yeah. bleach and yes. shit was. Because yes. I'm surprised it didn't accidentally make, like, you know, noxious gas <laughs> or, like, blow up the house. Wow. But I was like, okay, I can use everything in the house but that stuff. But right. it also smelled bad and it wasn't pretty. No. You know, like, it was like flowers are pretty. Little Crayola color tablets make the water pretty. You know, soap does bubbles, you know. Mm-hmm. Didn't think about, like, mixing, I don't know, what is it? Um, uh, Ammonia. Okay. And- Clorox. Yeah, bleach, bleach and vinegar together. <laughs> like that fixes everything. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that this was a thing. But like, apparently, you're not supposed to mix. It's like, um, like nails and vinegar, mm. because people use uh, vinegar as like a piss substitute for uh, witch bottles. Because mm-hmm. apparently it creates like some type of uh, chemical Vinegar, reaction yeah. when the nail starts to oxidize. Oh shit! And rot. Okay. So I had I had no idea that that was even a thing. So I saw. I mean, it was like on Twitter that someone said it, but it was like a well reputable like practitioner, uh, and I was like, oh shit! Luckily, I don't care about the piss thing. Like I'm a piss in a jar. Oh, okay? a piss in a jar. But like. I'm a piss in a jar. I don't need the vinegar thing, but like I'll piss in a jar. <laughs> that reminds me of the ancient batteries that the they found that are a clay pot, and then they would take uh, something acidic, oh. some sort of juice that was acidic, and then they would take this copper rod and just stuff it down in there and wrap these wires around it. And there's actually pictures of it on, on the hieroglyphics mm. uh, when they're holding up those big tubes, and it yeah. looks like a snake is in the tube. Everybody's like, those are lights, and these are the wires that come around, and this is a battery, and here's an actual battery that we found. I think it's called the Baghdad battery because they found it I've near heard, there. Yes, you must have told me about this. Yeah, it's pretty dope, man. I mean, it works. It fucking works. Probably some kids that were making concoctions. Yeah, I think you're on mute. That's so cool. oh, no, no, he's not. Sorry. We're just laughing. I was like, I'm like, I just have like a few little like, I mean, traditional witchcraft is simple, you know, like, sure. like they did not, it was not ceremonial. It was like tie this red string around the door, you know, protection amulet, you know, like it was not the fucking hoity-toity shit you see now, even though I love the hoity-toity stuff, mm-hmm. but like, it's nice to have like simple things, even though like. I can't find a fucking like true iron nail literally anywhere. <laughs> or a cat so I'm with like, one I'm eye like, that was born in October under an oak tree. 
<laughs> or that. Like, like, go to the hardware store and get some nails. Like, I get iron has a property to it, but it's like, if they, that's what they had. Some of it's like, like in this book, it was like, go to the blacksmith and have him craft a brand new iron nail and don't look at it until you see your enemy and then you're going to stamp it down yeah. in his uh, footprint. Yeah. And I'm like, where the fuck is a blacksmith at? Like, I know. We don't you, do that You anymore. can do a little those. bit of research to find, I know that there are some around. Um, there is usually a blacksmith at Starwood. I don't know if he would make us a nail. But one of the things you could do, too, is call up a few antique shops. And sometimes they have stuff like that. And they may look at you like, what do you want? You know, like that, like they do with me. But I, yep. there was a time where I needed three railroad spikes. So I just started calling different antique shops. And I think I found two out in Rockville and one just ran down with another one that I didn't have to talk to anybody about it. But, you know, he was very much like, what are you doing, sis? You know, <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I, stuff. I just, this, I need this for stuff. So you can, you can do that to or mm -hmm. you know which if you're going to talk about your um do you want to talk about the spell that you wrote right you want to talk about yeah. that we can also discuss the the wine you are not wine kind of technique yeah. which i saw that you employed yeah. in there which was really great um Thank before you. we roll into that maybe we should just check in a little bit yeah okay how are you samuel I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm working a lot, per usual. That's really about it. Um, started my second year of votary training. Woohoo! Love that. So excited. What is, um, you know, what is votary training? I don't think we've ever, I don't think I've ever really talked about it. I don't think I've ever mentioned the website on here, which is kind of stupid. Uh -huh. But let's do that now. Um, so, um, votary training is a path to pagan priesthood. It's an ordination uh, system developed through the Lunar Temple, which started in New York City, which became novices of the old ways after they split across the United States. And now, after rebranding, it's Temple of the Hallowed God. That's right. Uh, that's who we are. Yes, and that's, that's who we represent, mm -hmm. is Temple of the Hallowed God. Mm -hmm. Uh, and votary training is just a, it's a three-year program that gives some type of legitimacy to uh, uh, priesthood ordination for pagan people because we don't have any record of the, any pagan priesthood, you know, system that Catholicism has, how to, like, become ordained. Yeah. Um, so um, it's a three-year three training process, and it could take longer than three years, you know, depending on how, how you do it. You may not even finish, you know. Um, but I finished my first year on Bieltina of the, this past, this past Bieltina. Um, and so I started my second year and I'm very excited for it. Oh, and I'm a votary of the Morgan, by mm -hmm. the way, if I hadn't like previously yeah. mentioned that before, you know, rah, rah, re on Morgan. But, um, so yeah, so that's, that's really about it. And also my really pissed off at the, at the current legislature that we have going on. Um, I am thankful that I look like a very cis white male heterosexual person, you know. But as a as a gay man, it's it's I have that like brewing sense that 
like LGBT people are next, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, um, especially because the company of six, you know, are, are lords and ladies of the High Council of the United States, um, are really, really blowing through a lot of um, protections that like society once had over the past 50 years pretty quickly. Um, just recently, they said something about uh, how the EPA has no right to uh, regulate um, air quality for pollutants. Yeah. And I'm like, how, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean by that? Um, <clears throat> so that's, so, you know, really heavy stuff kind of happening right now, and it kind of sucks being an American, um, considering the 4th of July is happening in a few days, you know, so I'm not really one to celebrate 4th of July or Thanksgiving, but this 4th of July seems really poignant to not celebrate. Yeah. But other than that, I am sticking it out. What about you, T? Um, well, I'll add for first for the, for the votary training um, that people can visit templeofthehallowedgods.com and read a little bit about that. There's also going to be a section there where there will be some, eventually, some classes we may teach online that don't have to do with, with voter retraining at all. I had developed a class for uh, a deity year and a day because sometimes people, a lot of times, how do I know what my god or goddess is? And, you know, for me, it, it took me really 12 years to figure out that I was going to be employed, quote unquote, by Hecate. Um, so there's a program that I wrote that's just for exploring and you can continue on with that deity after that that year or you can say this is what I learned and and formally put a you know an end to that learning process and relationship um, there are four ordained priestesses at the moment in the temple of the hallowed gods um, Courtney Weber myself uh, Elizabeth Labarca who's been a guest in the past here and uh, Sarah Bittner. And then there's a whole little crop of votaries of which Samuel and <laughs> Praxis are right. Right, votaries. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so I hope to see more a crownings taking place because you had mentioned not everybody finishes it. It's not, it, it, it's very true. More people have not finished it than have finished it. Me and Samuel started at the same time, so we yeah. have both finished our first year, which is yeah. nice. so exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. this is an aside, so everyone's going to have to listen to this. So the ladies at the prison, they asked about you, and I told them that you had started votary training, mm -hmm. and the ones that know you in the circle were like, <gasps> because they just thought, what? He's got, I said, yeah, it took me dissolving the last coven for him to lay there one day and be like, so, tell me about, and I knew he was in. <laughs> so, for me, um, <clears throat> I sit here with less rights than I did the last time that we gathered, and because I look at the statistics and the analytics of our audience, majority of people that identify as women that listen to us, also, if they are in the United States, and in, you know, I mean, some of us might live in more safer territories of state boundaries, but we all, you know, I have less rights than the, less, than the two of you that are sitting here, 
and I've been really angry and I've been really upset. Um, Samuel and I did go to our, our state house when there was a rally going on to, you know, perform some operative magic, utilizing the energy of the, of what was going on there. Um, and that feels good to do that, but there's also like this underlying, like, what do we do now? And are you fucking kidding me? Kind of feeling. Um, I've already given a, a class on, on Zoom regarding uh, fertility awareness and managing miscarriage and abortion. You see a lot of those posts going on, like, don't drink these things while you're pregnant. But there really is no instruction there. And I'm not going to say, like, don't do, do what you're going to do. You know, otherwise I'm just gatekeeping shit. But there is a way that you have to go about that. And there's a safe way to go about that. And it's not just drinking, you know, penny royalty all day long. Um, so... I was really kind of like bummed a little bit last night too, because I started to hear people, you know, popping fireworks. And I love fireworks. I do. They're pretty. I'm kind of like, you know, your dad, glorious, beautiful, love it. I love, there's certain ones I, I love that. And I don't feel like I can celebrate that. I love that it's, doesn't have to do with religion. And I've always loved that uh, as much as I know that this place is fucked up. It's something that everybody on your block, you know, everybody in your town can find something about that to celebrate. And it's hot out and it's warm out and it just seemed like one of those fun holidays and I'm how do I sit there and go watch fireworks when my rights have been taken away? So I can't, you know, and I'm, and I'm cooking on the, on the, on the edge of fertility, right? Um, it's not like I'm trying to create little creatures anymore. Um, and it's, it, it's more than me, right? It's more than me. It's the people around me. And I think that is a big part of being especially being crowned a priestix in the temple of the hallowed gods is because it is about how you serve your community. It's not just a knowledge base thing, like a first and second and third degree. And those are very important if that's how your learning group goes, but it isn't about that with votary training. It is how we are serving our communities. And I already work in birth and I've already been a full spectrum doula, which means I will go with you to have an abortion if nobody else wants to go with you or if you don't want to tell anybody. I haven't, but I will. And I take heat on my Google reviews for that shit all the time. So it is more than about me, but you know, because I still bleed, if I were assaulted, I would have to take that onto myself to resolve instead of having the right to go do that medically. You know, I, I, I want to teach people about this because I feel like when you lose the knowledge of how to do this safely, colonial women in this country were doing this, right? We didn't have access to a med 
indigenous women knew how to do this. If we give it all over the state, we can see what happens when they take the, a right away, the, the knowledge is lost. It's not a guarantee to be able to, to, to drink this, do this, insert that, right? It's not a guarantee that it's gonna resolve it. Um, and I think that there should be a, a, a route to have it medically done and be a guarantee. But, you know, I, Denise has already come and warned me about a certain person that will be at Starwood who might have something to say about what I'm going to be teaching, what the board of ACE said, yes, you need to teach this. So I'm glad I know, right? So you have witches out there that are gatekeeping other witches and telling them not to, to do the things that I'm teaching. Some of us actually know what we're talking about. Go to the herbalists who know what they're talking about, right? The herbalists, the midwives, the birth workers. Just some of us know what we're talking about. I'm going to pass it to you, Braxis, because I will keep screaming. Uh, yeah, just fucked up, sad, super sad. But I think we were talking about how we could use our magical <coughs> abilities to. Yeah, but our, our, how are oh, you? Oh, how am I doing? Oh shit! Somebody asked how I was doing. What? <laughs> uh, I'm okay, man. <laughs> Everything's cool. It's fine. La di da. Looking forward to Starwood. And, uh, that's about it. Uh, I think Metal Horse might have a new album coming out this year, so that would be great. And, um, cool. that's about it, man. That's all I got going on. Everything's easy peasy. Nothing, nothing new. They haven't come to regulate your penis yet, no, right? Not. There you go. So. Not. No one has changed my. <laughs> The sarcasm, a little anger in that. It's mm. fine. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you uh, did mention what we were gonna talk about. Sure. Sorry. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, mention it again. Is yeah. Since I interrupted. Oh you. yeah. Just what? What do you do when you feel like there ain't yeah. shit that you can do, basically? Yeah. Because I think if you you know you're scrolling TikTok and you're seeing a thirty second snip or a little three minute, you know, this is very short, quick little bursts of information, which are fun. You know, I like me some TikTok. I have a new TikTok, Circle City underscore birth work, oh, wow. where I can scream about birth and, you know, um, bodily autonomy related shit. And somebody can hold it against you later. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the, the, my, my third video, I already did a, did a little duet, right. pulling out the language of an obstetrician about how he's going to deliver a baby. The, one of the first babies he delivered, and it's showing like on a fake model with like stunted legs and a fake plastic vagina and how they're pushing the baby through. And of course the, the model thing is on its back, right? And look at the language and, and about how he almost dropped the baby because it, they're so slippery. First of all, fuck face. You don't deliver babies, you catch babies. And maybe if the person whose baby you were catching was upright and on you know, hands and knees or something on a side and was catching their own baby, they wouldn't be, you wouldn't have potentially dropped the baby on the floor. You wouldn't even need to be there. Well, you don't even need to be there. And this is a service that you can elect to uh, engage in, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> people were coming for me, dude. Oh, I bet. Coming for me! And that's cool. That's fine. I'm never. I will never really respond to a 
a comment that's negative on TikTok. I got shit to do. And it's not to get sucked into arguing with people on there. You just, you're, I don't mean ignorant in a negative way, but the ignorance of not knowing any better is, is evident. So, um, yes, Samuel and I started to talk the other day about, like, what do you do, right? Okay, we should be doing something. What do we do? And Samuel wrote a really beautiful, um, I'll have to show it to you. I don't think I showed it to you yet, Praxis. Um, Samuel wrote a really beautiful spell work that's focused on our state and our, our governor. But I think that even if it was shared, and I'll share it on, on our social media, I think it can be used to, you know, somebody someplace else can take what you've written and, you know, build it out to what, making it um, local to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, I, I've always like I it. I understand that it is <clears throat> difficult right now. It's extremely difficult because we feel, you know, what is powerless against some like an overarching, egregious oppressor. Um, but we're not powerless. No. I, and I am not one of those people that says that like witchcraft is about attaining power. I want to be powerful. No, but like through the process of developing your witchly abilities, you know, through consistent practice and connection with the other world, that's a, you get it, you know, like you have the ability to do something, you know. Now I will say also, to do a spell is half the work. So if you are doing a spell and you don't want to go protest, that's fine. But your spell is going to manifest so much brighter if you're doing something physical to back up the work. Mm -hmm. You can't, it's, it's, it's just like, talking is just air, you know, unless there is something behind it. So I would encourage you to, if you're, if you're really out there wanting to do some spell work, do some spell work, but also share information if you, if you physically cannot go to a protest or if that causes you anxiety. Mm -hmm. Or if you can go to a protest, drive an hour to the protest and do it. You know, that, that, that is the part of operative witchcraft. It, it requires an operation for something to happen. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it also, it's kind of like that idea that, um, uh, like, people don't want to spend money on their practice. You know, well, money is energy. It's time that you are using to buy something, to do something. Think about your drive as the offering to your deity spirit, whatever it is that you did this whoever you called on to do the spell with, this is my offering to you to get it to work mm -hmm. even quicker, better, burn brighter, faster. There is always something that you can do. If it is write a letter, write a letter, do something yeah. that, that backs up the spiritual work with a physical work. Yeah, make a that's, phone call. What'd you say? Make a phone call. Call your legislator, right? Send an email, mm -hmm. you know, or talk to people in your local community. Uh, and that's what I was uh, really going towards with this spell is that an individual person like myself, I, even though I've been practicing for quite a few years now, I personally don't think, and this is just me, you know, my individual little binding spell is going to do anything to Justice Clom uh, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not. You know, or if like we all got together, I mean, possibly, you know, but there are more people wanting him to succeed than just my little, my little spell that I do, you know, so it would be, 
something that I think calls back to our ancestors to fight locally. And then fighting locally becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually it will reach our highest court. Now, I'm not saying don't throw, throw a good work at somebody in a high court if you want to, if that's how you feel. But your work is going to manifest so much better if you fight in your local area because you know local spirits. You know local places of power. You don't know what they have in Washington, D.C. unless you live there, mm -hmm. you know, or you frequently go there or grew up there. So working locally, fighting locally is really what's going to manifest. Yeah. even more it's like a shoulder um, not into one of those the door people that are like go out and vote you know but we need to vote that's that's the other part of this you know even though voting really hasn't done much for us previously right. you know but we have to do those things to hopefully make change right it's it's not just one it's not just one thing and it's the idea of of you know your your spell binding clearance right all of all of these things they kind of when some when someone needs to break a door down it usually takes more than one shoulder into the door right and then there's tools that the state uses to break the door down right not one person is often doing that back in the day when we got to break down the gates to kind of go in and raid or whatever's happening that takes a lot of group effort of slamming into that gate, right? Utilizing that tool that they've figured out how do we make this better, better and, and crafting it. So in a way, maybe you don't see the an, an immediate effect on something that is so, um, it's a national issue, right? So it's gonna take a lot more, but don't you wanna add some effort into that proverbial shoulder? And by doing these things locally, and yeah, you want to like we did, right? We did. We went straight for the for the six when we when we yeah. went to the state house. We did because why the fuck yeah. not? And we that's exactly who we're angry at right now. That said, mm. that's not the only thing that we should be doing. We do have to work local, and you got to pay attention. So, but if you if you I mean even if you think about that hex that we did, you know it wasn't just us. We were feeding off of the hundreds of people that were right. around us. Right. You know so. So it wasn't just three individual practitioners. Mm -hmm. It was people that knew how to direct energy to where it's supposed to go, but we were utilizing the energy of this, hundreds yes. of other people that were just as pissed off as we were. Right. You know? Because we could have uh, stayed home. We could have done that at the next coven meeting. We, I could have written it out and given it to you and given it to the other person that was with us, and we could have done it on our own. But no, we put that F right. I drove an hour. You drove a, a significant amount of the way. I then drove an, added an additional hour to make sure that the person that wanted to be there could get there. You, you got them. I brought them home. Right? It was mm -hmm. sort of like... We have to go there because that's the battery. Everybody else is going to be there. Witchcraft isn't always easy. You have to no. put in a little bit of an effort. Do I do spell work in my in my office slash temple? Of course I do. But it wouldn't have been nearly as effective if we didn't go and siphon energy, which is exactly what we were doing, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I enjoyed. Um, yes. And there's something that I like with this spell too that I that I did. It's not a hex. This is not a curse. Right. So let's this talk about is that. A, a spell to melt a hardened heart. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's what I I mean. I don't like casting hexes and curses. I don't 
they're not fun, they're not easy. And if you do it right, it will really take it out of you energetically. It'll just pull it all out of you because, I mean, the one time I did, I literally felt like I got hit by a truck afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like that next day, luckily I had the day off because my whole body ached because it's just you outpour so much for it. Um, but the spell is really simple, and I'll even I'll read it to you. you know, yes, it's not, it, it doesn't take a long time. Um, it requires an ice cube, a candle. You can use a little tea light candle, but a pink chime candle is preferred. Or if you have a big Novana candle, you're more than welcome to use it. But the the bigger the candle, the longer the work. You know, so if you can only do it for a little bit, a chime candle perfectly fine. Honey, olive oil in a bowl. Um, I did put optional things in there because I love herbs and I, I think personally like all witchcraft should require at least one herb. Um, rose petals for love, care, and concern. Chamomile for gentleness, calmness, and relief. Eucalyptus for healing and mending. St. John's wort for protection and to block negative energy. And yarrow for healing, love, and courage. Um, over the bowl with the candle placed firmly in the, the middle. So what I do is, is like if I put the bowl down, I'll burn the bottom of the candle and place it in the middle so it sticks. Um, you're going to place the ice cube in the right hand and you're going to state the following. No longer are you ice, but the heart of Governor Eric Holcomb, that's our local governor of Indiana. Um, never to be separate, but one and the same. What happens to one happens to the other. Now and forever you are the heart of Eric Holcomb. Okay, pause. That's that point that I want people to pay attention to. So one of the things that I, I taught um, uh, in in our coven was something I learned from the PGM, which is the Greek magical papyrus, and it was the idea. Um, okay, for anyone that's ever been uh, in a Catholic mass, there is a moment where the priest kind of lifts up the wine. Right, it's wine in the cup, and it's that transmute transmutation. What is it called? It's called something transubstantiation. Right, where he is changing over that wine to being the blood of Christ, right? And then there's the wafer that is this, now this is the body of Christ. If a priest can get up there and change that over, it's, it is not the, the chemical constituents of flesh or blood, right? It didn't suddenly like, bam, you know? But the, the idea of the energy that it has is now changed to something else, transubstantiated to something else. And they were doing that 3,000 years ago in sorcery, when you couldn't, let, I mean, make the effort to get the thing, right? If you don't have mugwort and you really need the mugwort and you just have basil, oh, okay, you could change, but really mugwort shouldn't be hard to get. Get the things. If it calls for like the eye of a donkey, don't go gouging out the eyeball of a donkey, but you literally can you could get one of a, of a sh like maybe you know a butcher and they, they butcher cows or sheep and you change that over. You are no longer this, you are that. Maybe it is like the blood of something. Don't go kill it. You then do this technique of, we called it wine, you are not wine, right? You are telling this thing and you are changing it and transubstantiating it. So we do not have the heart of our governor in our palm but this ice cube that you are now telling this ice, ice, you are no longer ice, you are the heart of X, Y, Z. And if you feel yeah. like you need to chant that a little bit over and over to kind of get that, to convince yourself that that's possible, okay. Mm -hmm. But once you know that that's the magical, that's the little lock key right there, 
you can you can do that. You can do that. Continue, Samuel. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine, and that's and that's absolutely right. And I think that here is here is what is probably the difficult part of witchcraft is that you are the nexus as a witch of possibility. You know, so so like that ice cube is no longer an ice cube. It is it is now the actual heart of our governor. You know, or your governor, whoever it is, your your person in power. Um, and you really have to convince yourself and visualize like like that that is no longer like a little ice cube that I got from the fridge. You know, in my hand is now like a human heart straight up Kali Ma style, you know, from Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Shakti Day. Like, <laughs> like that's that's his heart, you know. Um, and if you wanted to, and if you really can't visualize that hard, you can buy like an ice cube tray that looks and that you freeze it and it looks like a heart, you know, yeah. like a little anatomical heart or like a little fake heart, like a little greeting card heart, you know, whatever it is. But the, uh, but the more power that you put into that visualization that this is now the heart of our person, um, the more impact it's going to have. Um, so do with that what you will. Um, anyway, so as you visualize the ice melts, so too is the heart of your governor. And I said Indiana governor because that's, that's who we're doing it for. Um, and this is something that I think is very potent to do. So I have you put it in your hand because it is you who is, and I wrote this in mind for, to, for the people who are oppressed. Allies obviously can do this, but as, as our lovely Braxis had stated, like, like it's fine. Like he felt fine. Not that I'm not that I'm throwing shade at you, honey. But like it's but the pain that we feel of people who are being egregiously oppressed is going to be different than the pain that someone who isn't. You know. Uh, but as the as the pain of the ice causing your hand, like it like the pain that it's causing to sit in there. And honestly, I was thinking about putting a little bit of salt in my hand because it, it'll burn even hotter. Mm -hmm. Like that ice will hurt even more, but I'm wanting you to feed the pain that you're feeling from your hand. And it's no longer physical pain. It's emotional pain that you're feeding into the heart, which is what is melting his heart. Um, your sorrow, your sadness for people who have a uterus, you know, people that are able to get pregnant. And as his heart melts, you're going to state the following, because I love a little rhyme. Um, and I would encourage you to say this as many times as you want. You know, as uh, T had mentioned previously, the ability to state it over and over and over again creates a ritualized process to mentally change your thinking for this to happen. Um, so say it three times. Say it 15 times. I think T had mentioned something that there is, like, some, like, the mala that you do. You have to say mm -hmm. Hakata's name over a hundred times. You know, you, there's a chance, like, the more you do it, it's, it, it gathers energy and power. Um, the spell is, my spirit melts his heart for him to do his part, or her, depending on your local governance. Um, care for all, he shall endure. Love for the oppressed, his heart does stir. Um, and I love a rhyme because it's easy to remember um, but it's also, it, whenever you say it over and over and over again, it starts to become something different. You know, it, ch it changes intrinsically. It's something fascinating that happens that the words just start to meld together. And the faster you say it, the, the easier it becomes. Um, once all the ice melts and the pool of liquid and the pool of liquid is surrounding the candle, you're going to anoint the candle upwards using olive oil. 
if you have a particular type of oil, you're more than welcome to use that. You know, it could be a bend over oil. It could even be a love oil, whatever it is. Um, fiery command oil would be great here too. Um, any of those, but olive oil is something that all of us typically have. Okay. Um, you're going can to you, can you elaborate you on what a bend over oil is? He's such a boy. Isn't he such a boy? So, so I mean, it's it's exactly as it's it's exactly as it says. You okay. know, bend. So you could use it in a sexualized context, okay. I guess. But really, what the genuine purpose of bend over oil is is to subvert somebody to your will. Okay. You know, so like if you think about telling someone to bend, like bend the fuck over, like in a sexual, con- they're like, okay, right. you know, like they're 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 bending to your will, right. you know, and bend over oil sounds much easier than do what I say, sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll bring mine over. You can sniff it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded wrong. Bend over yeah, oil. You can smell the bottle. <laughs> I love I love that shit. It's so good. It's so good. Um, calamus root is great too, by the way, um, for that simple purpose. Um, but um, you're going to visualize the flame becoming a beacon of hope, a light that fights encroaching darkness. So again, this is where you utilize your your ability to visualize. This simple candle flame is not just a simple candle flame. It is a lighthouse. You know, the brighter you can visually make it, the the more impact it'll have. Um, in a clockwise fashion, around the candle, you're going to pour honey so it melts with the water, sweetening him or her, your local governance, um, to our desires. You know, honey is a sweetener, and I love honey. It's a, it's a potent herb. And the reason I said don't put it on the candle is because it, it burns hot, it burns fast, and it'll burn shit really quick. So we put it in the water. We don't put it on the candle. Um, you can put it on the candle if you want, but I would watch the shit out of that candle. Um, um that his heart becomes soft to the majority's desires because the people who uh, are in favor of abortion health care is the majority. So, like, we want him to, like, fall in favor of majority people. Um, that he cares for the lives of the people who are able to become pregnant. And that his heart is, that his heart is filled with our desperate need to feel safe. Um, and here is where I would add whatever you personally feel is necessary. You know, pour your heart out. The more... Um, I think that witchcraft needs to be performed with a clear mind, because if you if you're super angry and pissed off, you're missing steps. You're you're muddling words, you're muddling intention because you're being blocked by so much emotion. Um, but here is where you get to you know have a moment with this. Like as you light the candle, like pour yourself out to it. This is when you can you know release a lot of emotional tension that you've had. Um, and emotion burns bright, especially in spell work. But anger. I never perform spell work when I'm angry because I am. I will mess things up. I will skip steps. I won't enchant the herbs. I won't light the candles right, blah, 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 blah. You know, and that's my personal preference. Um, the optional herbs that I mentioned previously can be done in the same way, uh, just clockwise around it. Um, and this is a step that I see a lot of people miss in um, TikTok videos, spell work videos, or whatever it is. Um, you have to intend the herb to do what it's supposed to do. So yes. using the correspondences oh. above, you're going to say, like, I call upon this St. John's wort to do this, this, and this, and add it to it. You can't just throw it in there because these herbs have a massive list of correspondences, so you have to tell it what it's supposed to do so that it does it. Um, as you light the candle, <clears throat> you're going to say, Candle flame burning bright cast a glow on our current plight. 
For the majority, he stands to fight that health care is an inalienable right. And again, you can repeat that over and over and over again if you would prefer. Um, you're going to allow the candle to burn down and dispose of the work, the natural parts of it. So I won't sew the candle wax, I won't, but I'll just throw that in the trash. Uh, because the energy of the candle burning down is now infused in the water and the herbs around it. Um, you're going to dispose of it in running water. Um, if you don't have any running water near you, like a river or whatever, you can also throw it at a crossroads. And you're going to walk away. As in typical fashion, you're not supposed to look back on your work. Right. So you throw it and you book it. Right. And there's the spell. I love it. I love it. I loved it when I read through it. I love it. Good job, Samuel. Yeah. Thank um, you. I'm glad that you brought up the, the point of having to kind of awaken and whether you're calling it enchanting or charging or empowering it's it's more conjuring. than just throwing conjuring oh i love that word too nice. yes you have to call up the spirits of those um herbs and roots and flowers or whatever that is you're working with because you're right they do have multiple uses um but also these are pieces of plant spirits right and so it, it is the leaf, but it's the property in the leaf, and it's the spirit of that plant that you have to invoke and tell it what you're, what you're doing with it and why you're utilizing it. And maybe you do that as individuals. I do it individually, and then as a, like, a little collective, like reminder, this is what you're all doing. And I would say, Same. too, like there's, I know we, it's all a visual and a social media world, but if you're really working on something, it's personal to you, your money job, whatever it is, don't put it on your social media. Don't even put this on your social media. If you're teaching Period. about something, don't. Obviously, Flacky's flapping his <laughs> snappity snaps over there, right? Don't do that. Because especially for something like this, somebody's going to scroll by who's going to see it that does not agree with you. And they're throwing the malocchio, right? The evil eye. There, there's that intention. Your friend who doesn't like you, and it's your love jar or your money thing, or people. It's just, it's automatic, right? They're not thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna fuck their magic up. But it's just the energy of it. Leave it alone. If you want to make a video to talk about how to do it, it's a, a sample. It's a sample. Don't put your actual magic on social media. Like fucking stop. Um, mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, um, and I think that's like, I mean, I I am uh, as outspoken as I can be on social media when it comes to stuff like that. Because some people are like, well, it empowers it. I'm like, I'm like, I come from a very traditional standpoint when it comes to this. Like, I absolutely agree. Like, I have a lot of family on my Facebook page that aren't witches and probably throw me the side eye whenever <laughs> I post things about it. I'm not going to post my spell work on there because then it won't work. I've actually had experience where I've had a money spell working and then I've talked about the uh, like what's like what I've had happened like from that and then it doesn't work. Uh -huh. Like I've scheduled I've scheduled clients to do like spell work or tarot for and then I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like I've gotten a few clients since doing this work." Haha, -ha, and then they all cancel. Oh shit. Yes. So, uh, yes. The power to be silent. Exactly. Right? I I think that was one of the first magical laws I ever learned and I had to have been 4 
I'm not even kidding you on this one of four, but I used to have a recurring dream about a tiny blue fairy, and I was not allowed to talk about her. That was the rule. I was not allowed to talk about her. And Surprise, in one of those dreams, in, no, in one of those dreams, I saw her, I was going outside and we were getting into like the family car and she was standing next to the keyhole where you put the key to unlock the door. And I saw her and I got so excited and I turned and it was just the thought like, I'm going to tell my mom she's here. And then I realized I didn't even say anything. And I realized that I was just about to say something and she was gone and I never dreamed about her again. Just the thought of like, uh, that sucks. Have but you, Have you ever seen the movie AI? I don't know. <laughs> Why? It's my, he's looking for the blue fairy that he saw. And oh, ends up oh yes. That, oh, that destroyed <laughs> so, me. That is I, so good. Yes, because so I called good. her the blue fairy. I'm like, and he, all he wanted was that. Yes, that yeah. messed me up. That messed me up. It might have been Blue Lady on that or something. Something, but yeah. That yeah. part was great. Um, one thing I was thinking of while you were reading your spell, too, about like convincing yourself that the ice is is, uh, is the heart. Yes, make a, a, get a, a shape of a heart, ice cube. You could also do a thing where you get a chicken heart, right? Chicken heart, you are not a chicken heart. You are now the heart of XYZ. Put that in the ice. Freeze that. And you're melting it down to that heart. Right? And then you throw yeah. it. Right? Get it down to the heart. Draw, get a picture of an anatomical heart if you can't get... I mean, most grocery stores will have uh, the gizzards and hearts. Really, like, look through that plastic. Because sometimes I bought a whole thing of gizzards and it says it's supposed to have hearts in it. Because I give that as an offering. And there's not a damn heart in it. Mm. So just make sure you see at least one little chicken heart in there. But you could do that. A picture of a heart. Right? Help. Maybe, I don't know. A little charm that's a heart. I don't know. Whatever you want. <laughs> hey! She did not like that. <laughs> well, she has to deal. Hey. Zozo. Is it the mailman? Zozo wants a chicken heart. <laughs> Zozo. It's enough. Come yeah, here. but... um. I, I love that I love that spell. I think that uh, one thing I was thinking of too would be um, honey jars. You had mentioned honey, and I was thinking about honey jars, which come from you know Hoodoo, African American American um, indigenous mixture within Hoodoo, but it's African American majority, um, and creating a a honey jar for. Let's say it could be a governor. It could be... I think we need to also do some work on... Uh, it, it, since it's now back to the states, it's, your, it's state legislature too. Your senators. Your Congress people. That's where you've got to do a little homework and find out who's on your side and who's completely not on your side. Now, a honey jar is not going to work for someone who thinks that we can re-implant an etopic pregnancy and there should be no, 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 even for the life of the mother, we should not be doing this, right? We should not be abor having abortion at all. A honey jar is not going to work for that person. We're going to need to talk about something else because... You, a honey jar is to soften and sweeten someone who could pretend if you've got somebody who's teetering right they're teetering which way they're going to do you're going to honey jar that person and 
what what you do with a honey jar is obviously have a jar, a clear jar. Take your labels off your jars, guys. Like I'm all about saving jars. All about it. I have a problem with it. Let's just talk about that right there. I have a problem with saving jars. It literally pains me nope, to throw the jar away. <laughs> any shape, any size, because I'm always going to need that jar if I throw it out. So I'll have at least three of, of it, of any kind of size that fills my cabinets to a point where it's a problem. But take the, scrub the labels off, soak the labels off, get the labels off. Um, you could even go so far as if the, if the lid has a company or a name of it. You could paint over that so you're not seeing any of it. Paint it black, paint it red, paint it whatever magical corresponding color that fits your purpose. But you have your your cleaned out jar. You could do the, you know, what we all see on the on the on the interwebs now with the spinning the the incense stick on the inside. It looks cute. It's this it's right? Okay, you could do that if you need to and kind of cleanse it or charge it with your spinning incense stick. But you're filling that thing up with, you know, majority filled with honey. And then what are you submerging? What are you putting into that honey? Who are you putting into the honey? If you've got, it's easy enough to get photos of our legislators, right? Easy enough to get a photo. Uh, easy enough to look up maybe when their birthday might be. Um, majority of people will have signatures online if you're lucky enough to have gotten to sign something from your le legislative person that's fabulous right that they actually wrote or something but even just having the like the stamp of their signature this is about getting those personal concerns or personal links to a person which is some of the things is why it can be hard to link it to somebody who's sworn into an office right there's a certain amount of magical protection involved in that right? There's, there's 250 something years, right? We're close to getting close to two, what was it? 230, 240, 1776. Like what do we got? Um, math that on your, on your end. Cause I'm not the math person, but we have a lot of magical protection in these offices. So getting as much images of them, um, a signature of theirs, if they've ever sent you anything, letterhead, maybe it's coming in in an email and there's a letterhead, print that fucking letterhead off, right? Write all their names down. If you want to, if there's a few that you've got to hit, get your state seal, maybe, right? A picture of your state seal and glue their, their pictures on the back, glue their signatures in there, make some kind of packet. You can utilize the herbs that, that Samuel mentioned in there too. If it's a honey jar, like the roses and the yarrow or whatever it is and make that little packet folding it up um, where you're kind of folding it and spinning it clockwise, right? You're spinning it clockwise till you can't fold it anymore and pushing that into your honey jar. Um, these things can be capped. Some people coat them with, you know, maybe a little bit of tied up with some red thread, the red being like life force, really like giving life to that. Um, it could be sealed with a colored wax as well, but with a honey jar, then you're able to burn candles on top of the lid. And then you can work this for a, a long time or an extended amount of time. Um, Absolutely. I would definitely, because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, well, which honey jar is that? Because <laughs> I don't remember. Right? So put a little something like a piece of tape on the bottom and just remind yourself maybe what it is if you have a lot of different things going at, at once. Um, but you can continue to work this honey jar 
burning the candles, appropriate colors. You can oil them up. You can have them in a, in a plate with a lot of herbs around them and whatever it is that you're doing with them and work them over time. Um, I probably still have, and I'm so glad now that I kept it because now I'm gonna start working candles on top of it again. It was the um, honey jar that we made um, the Beltane before you joined us, the Altina before you joined us in 20, that was 2013? Yeah, yeah because it was Munasa of 2012 when I started a, a group here. But we did a marriage equality, uh, the Altina, and Darren was with, was with me. And it almost became like a chalice, like a grail rite. And I still have that honey jar. And I never wanted to get rid of it, even when that became like a, a you know, a constitutional right across all 50 states that it doesn't matter. Like, you can love is love. You can marry who you want to. And now that we kind of face this potentially being another area where they're going to attack, I still have that honey jar. And I can work it again. Now it's my states because it wasn't... A, a federal thing that we were working on at that time. Um, I came from a state where, you know, in 2011, we worked on that on our, at our Bialtina, and New York got marriage equality. So why wouldn't I continue to work on that now that I've moved to a place that didn't have the same rights as where I came from? Um, so it might be appropriate to eventually dispose of your honey jar. That could be something that you're opening up and pouring out into running water. Let's say, you know, something like this gets codified into our constitution. You don't have to keep those honey jars then, but you can keep them and keep working them um, with those candles. And then they'll probably look like those cool things that my aunts and uncles used to make in the 70s in the garage where it's got all the, the wine bottle with all the different colored wax on top of it. I thought those were really spent fantastic and magical, but um, yeah, you can, Another thing that you can potentially do is a honey jar. And I would, I would add here as well, you need to be personally conscious of uh, the energy that you put around things that are meant to, like, be loving towards somebody. Like, if you're, like, out of nowhere pissed off at your local government and you look at that honey jar and you're like, fuck you, you are now adding, like, an, an incorrect energetic uh, ingredient to that work. So, for example... If you do hex work, curse, cursing, baneful magic, malefica, all that stuff, the moment you feel bad for your target, it's over for. You're oh, yeah. done. Nothing. Nothing. It, you have just, sub, you have subverted your own work, you know, which is why it's hard to do those things because, like, being truly intentionally malicious towards somebody and consistently being malicious towards somebody and not having empathy for them is extremely difficult, right? Um, so, um, so I would caution you, if you are really pissed off one day, don't work on the loving things. You know, if you're, you, you have to be very conscious about what you are adding to spiritual work because as soon as you add like an opposing, and again, this is my personal experience, this is what I've been taught, this is my personal understanding of how this works. If you think that you can feel sorry for somebody that you, you know, death cursed, more power to you, I guess. But like, but like, what? Why? You know, like, 
Like, that's just not how that would consciously make sense, right? You, uh, if you want to some, cause someone harm, you have to always want someone to be caused harm because that, when it happens, you, you're going to have to be okay with it happening. You know, you can be like, oh, shit, I can't believe I did that. You know, like, no. Um, there is a passage from this book that I want to read, and it's called Operative Witchcraft, Spellwork, and Herbcraft in the British Isles by Nigel Pinnock. Um, I think it's very poignant for what we're talking about. Um, it says... And this is literally on page two. It's in the introduction. Um, Witches, imaginary or real, were viewed as being transgressors and deviants, people whose way of life lay outside the acceptable norms of society. From a more modern viewpoint, the the witches can be seen as people who are contested, the generally accepted social constructs of reality. In an era when a particular worldview was considered by those ruling the land to be a singular reality, pluralistic realism, the possibility that numerous, equally authentic truths can coexist was not even considered. Religious belief was enforced with a draconic rigor, and political debate was strictly controlled. Witchcraft was classified as a crime. The history of operative witchcraft is that of the struggle between preventative action and the continuance of covert practices. And again, this is my personal opinion. You can disagree with it if you want. That's totally fine. It's up to you. But witchcraft is inherently it's political. political. <laughs> it is political. Yes. If And we have always fought for the oppressed. Witchcraft is the practice <clears throat> of people who are oppressed. It's for the lay person. Witchcraft was not typically used by overarching powers. You know, it was for people that had no political power, and the only way we could take it is by connecting with the divine and spiritual world. Mm-hmm. So it is my opinion, and I will and I will put opinion in all caps and bold here, you have to be politically active to be a witch. If you are currently standing at a standstill right now about everything that's currently happening in the United States legislature, really look at yourself and think about how are you connecting with the history, the long involved history of witchcraft if you are not becoming a political agent for the people who are oppressed right now because if we fight against our government as people they'll blow us all over you know they'll make you disappear in a second so really the only way that we can affect change real change positive change effective change is by being political agents for oppressed people. And through that, we are witches. Mm-hmm. So if you, are, if you are at a standstill right now, look at yourself and think, am I really connecting with the ancestor of witchcraft? Am I really connecting with what it means to be a witch? You know, Because right now is when witches are desperately necessary. And it is time to stand up, people. Right. Let's get it together. Right. I think that it's not a coincidence that it's sort of like everywhere you look. Having having been a practitioner for, you know, 23, 24 years at this point, it's everywhere right now. And that's, there's a reason, right? When shit is going to go down, that's where your witches rise up. That's where your sibyls visionaries uh the oracles are available they and it has been like that throughout throughout human history um i think if you're not engaged in some way i agree you need to look at yourself and you need to look at your potential privilege 
Is it that you aren't in baby making, right? Is it that you aren't, this goes to uh, our, our LGBTQ plus community, because you're not gay, because you're not indigenous, because you're not a person of color, that you happen to be, not in a bad way, right? That you happen to be a white male right now who's not going to impregnate anybody and that you can marry who you want if you even want to. Like that's, that must be a safe place to be, you know, but I think looking at the temple of the hallowed gods and when we gathered uh, and came up with our tenants a bunch of years ago, one of those tenants was being a magical pillar of community support. So when you show up with your drum, you're enacting that, right? This doesn't affect you personally, but the fact that you stepped out of your house and you came to the ritual and you did the thing and you brought your drum and you gave your energy, that's something. Yeah, you, and should, that's, you should never sit down because <clears throat> someday it's gonna be for you. They're yeah, what's that like saying like, I didn't do this and they came for the blanks and I didn't do it and I came right. for the this and then who was there to stand up for me? Right. Nobody, because everybody else was gone. Got to do something. Yeah. Um, I think that there's probably going to be some people listening going, okay, I live in a really hostile state, and there is nobody that I can honey jar, and there are no hearts that I can, um, that I can melt and soften. That's what I was thinking of while, while we were, while I wasn't talking. Um, and I think that maybe what you're employing there which seems to be really big on on the on the interwebs, are cut and clears or uh, what do we uh, cut like slash and burn? Cut, sl slash and burn. <laughs> do a slash and burn spell. But uh, what do people are calling it? A lot of cord cutting. I see a lot of cord cutting rituals, right? Um, you can, right? So we have to think about it. Where if this person is so uh, against people having human rights and bodily autonomy, then it's going to be more of a long-term working that is going to be have to be done with your community beyond the mundane. How do you then, how are you a magical pillar of community support? And what I would do in that situation, because I know we probably got a few senators that I'm going to end up having to do this with, right? I, what I would do is I would get my state seal and then I would probably work with some fi figural candles, meaning, uh, if it's a female senator, a male senator, I'm gonna have a candle of that person. I'd probably go with black, because they come in all different colors. If you can't get a figural candle, a colored you know, pillar that you baptize as that person and maybe carve their name into probably woodwork. Um, Smack the Novena candle glass and carve it into a person. Yeah, like, you could do that too. Like, if, if you've got a lift out one, yeah, the pull out candles, yeah. you could do that too. Um, and you know, you baptize in this as that person. And what I would do is I would start with them on the center. Like obviously they're in office, right? They're in office and they're in the center of that seal. But I would work this over, I mean, shit, you could work it over an entire moon phase or maybe a waning moon phase, right? To turning their back on the seal and burning it every little bit every night 
where you're kind of more, it's a moving candle spell where you've got your seal to one side or the center and you're moving. Maybe you got a few. Get all the figural candles that you got. Everybody in your, in your state senate uh, it, it sucks to this. Get them all. They're all baptized to them. And then you're turning their backs and you're little by little sliding them away. Like stop motion animation, yep. right? But over amount of time, you can have something that you say. You could have your written out spell work where you're moving them out. I would go down to my state capitol and I would get some dirt and I would leave offerings to those spirits there and tell them why you're taking them and leave offerings to them that you, you're working to get these people out and replace them with someone that more reflects your community's uh, belief structure, right? That is more, people deserve to have bodily autonomy and human rights, whatever it is. You know your own, your own community. I can't put, exactly put words to that, but I would work with the spirits of the place where they are going to be uh, sworn in, where their office is, literally, where they're gonna go to work every day and put that involved, sprinkle that around your state seal and move these people out. And then I would take whatever wax, wax remnants was left of them and dispose of them in a crossroads. Turning around and not looking back, definitely. Don't look in the rear of your mirror either because once I did that, I was like, damn it. And I looked in the rear of your mirror and looked right back to where I had been. Um, yeah. I think, like, personify the spirit of your state, the spirit of, uh, insert name here, you know, the spirit of Indiana, mm -hmm. you know, give it a, name it, you know, and utilize it, because uh, more than likely your current legislature has no relationship with the spirit of place, you know, none. So you think that providing an offering, and it doesn't have to be massive, and I love what T does in Ritual when she calls it a concise offering, you know. You can give an apple and rub your hands together in a clockwise fashion, and that apple is no longer just one apple, it's millions of apples, you know. Because again, we're talking about, it's an energetic thing. Like, if you can give a whole bushel of apples, absolutely put it around the state house and feed the actual animals around it, you know. But if you can only give one apple, Again, your offering doesn't have to be physical. You can drive there. That is the offering, you know, and a small apple. Doing things that are small lead to big things. And I said previously before we even got on the podcast that traditional witchcraft was like utilize a red thread and an iron nail, and that is your protection charm. It is not massive ceremonial magic. It is what lay people would have had connection to and contact with easily gotten objects and things. So uh, utilize what's around you. Mm -hmm. Engage with the land spirits because the land spirits are going to be what really put an oomph in your work. Absolutely. I mean, your ancestors, of course, but your local land spirits are really what's going to push the energy, push the work into like not, not only like the physical earth, but like the, the energetic part of the earth, like it's rooted in the ground. Um, Put your work next to trees. Ask the tree, hey, is it okay if you take on this work and allow your root system to entangle it into the, the, the earth that is the state? And get a yes from it. However you get a yes is up to you. you know? mm -hmm. If you have a divination system, throw four pennies on the ground. Get your sight opened up and see what you get. You know? And if it says no, find another tree. There are hundreds around us, you know, if not more than hundreds, thousands. 
there will be a tree that wants to pick up the work, you know? So do it. Do the work. This is the call to do it. The um, spirits that are at courthouses and state houses, they are, at, they are really, they'll get some shit done. And I feel like they don't have, they're not left and right, you know, they just are. And they're in the place that court cases are done and hearings are done or laws are made and things are talked about. I really, I haven't done it this much, but once I, I did, I employed my local uh, county spirits. I collected that dirt. I left, who's leaving offerings? Like, no, who's doing that? Beyond like, the, who's doing that? If they're gonna get some incense from fucking, we're gonna make this shit happen. And they did, like I went all out with this. And when it came the day for that car case, I was bringing, I was bringing the case, right? And I pulled a card and I got like the fool and in that deck it was the seeker reversed. I went, this bitch isn't gonna show up. And not only did she not show up, but she actually called the judge that morning, was like, I can't come because I don't have childcare. And they were like, what? You've known about this? You have an hour to be here. And if you're not here in an hour, you lose. Bitch didn't get there. It was, I mean, I didn't, I had some stuff on my side, but mostly it was resolved so quickly. I was ready for war and it was just, it was done. She didn't show up. And I really kind of felt like those spirits really helped me. And who was employing them? Nobody. I gave them something to do and I gave them a gift for it. So employ those spirits, especially if you, if you don't have people in those offices that are friendly to your working. And I think something you said about trees uh where i where my my women's prison group has left their offerings post ritual like edible things or you know leaves or not usually anything that i can't take and burn if it's something that i have to take and burn then i i take it but if it's part of the cookies or juice or whatever they've left it outside of one of these trees outside of the building and you know, during COVID, I hadn't been there for two years, practically. Um, I went around Yule, and when they we saw each other, they said, Tamara, go, when you go outside, look at that tree. There were two, they're like, there's two trees planted at the same time. Go look how big that tree is. They both get the same amount of sunlight. They both are, they're just, they're maybe 50 yards away from each other. And they always leave it on the one that's closest to the door. That one has outgrown the other. So they were really excited about that. But then I felt bad for the other tree. Right. And I said, go leave there. Alternate now. You got to go give to that tree. That other tree's like withering away and sad. <laughs> it's sad's tree. Sad's tree's like, why don't I get juice and a cookie? So the trees will actually, as you're empowering them, it literally grew better friends with trees that was one thing with trees just a total other aside that I taught one of my sons who thought what I do is ridiculous as a, like a pre little preteen you know and that trees don't have personalities you're so ridiculous mom Tree beard. I took Kieran outside 
and we have a few trees in the front. And I said, okay, I want you to just stand here and I want you to, and I know, I know that the, the, the pine spruce is kind of, she's a prickly bitch. She doesn't really like have anything to say to anybody. And I said, I want you to ask that tree if it wants to talk to you, but you have to do it inside and you have to do it quiet. And I can see Kieran's face kind of go, I know exactly, because the tree doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have, does not have any bother with your ass. But there is, um, I think it might be a birch, the one with, with the white bark on it. That is the sweetest, happiest, come sit by me. And I said, okay, now go ask the same thing over there at that tree over there and ask that tree if it would, would, would want to talk to you. And so he's standing there and did it. And Kieran, you can read his face like a book. He, he was floored at just the energy. So if my little, your ridiculous mom at the time, 12 year old would be like, trees don't talk and literally felt like this is a friendly tree, holy hell. You'll find a, a, a spirit um, that is willing to talk to you through the trees. They're nice. Indeed. They give us oxygen. They're important. They're special. They're good to have. I'm proud of you, witches. I'm mm -hmm. proud of you guys. Mm -hmm. Witches that are on the other edge of this little screen here and the plethora of witches and pagans that are listening to this. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, it is, it is a perfect time to be a witch. It is a perfect time to figure out what witchcraft means to you. It is a fantastic time to start your craft right now, mm -hmm. because this is where witchcraft was developed, is in moments like this, is when real magic happens. Um, if you are in Indiana, I have uh, this spell. We are going to be performing it uh, tomorrow, actually, on Sunday, if the podcast is out by then. Yes, it um, is. At 8 p.m. And it shouldn't be more than maybe 30 minutes long, 30, 40 minutes long. And I hope to see you guys there. That's a great pep talk. Amen, sir. Mm -hmm. All right, get out there, start working. If anybody has any questions, they can always leave an email at hoof.horn.podcast at gmail.com or on our little TikTok page or on our Instagram or on our Facebook. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Dun, dun, Body lagertha, <laughs> motherfuckers. Right? <laughs> I love you guys. I love you. Bye, Samuel. Bye.